half full moon, where if we didn't cheat on our wife with our other wife, full moon features would go out of business. I am once again your lovely token female host, Casey, bringing you another wonderful episode of horrible full moon feature movies with my amazing co-host, Gabe. Gabe, I gotta ask, are you getting sleepy? Not not particularly i don't understand the are you're I, getting sleepy no why this is a very strange thing to be asking me casey well i'm asking because tonight we're talking about trancers too oh and you're trying to put me in a trance oh yeah. I, get, I get the bit that's the bit <laughs> i wanted to try something a little different today because this is uh the first sequel that we're discussing where we've not watched the first one I don't think we would have gotten a better understanding of this film had we watched the first one. I'm going to be honest. You know, fair, but maybe it would have cleared up just a few little things. Because, of course, they do make a lot of mentions of things from the first movie and don't explain it. So it's it's one of I'm, those things. I'm doubtful, but we'll see. So... Trancers 2 is a 1991 sci-fi action film starring our favorite cop, Tim Thomerson. And instead of playing space cop, Brick Bardot, he is now playing future cop, Jack Death. He is a very strange man. First of all, his name is Jack Death. D-E-T-H. D-E-T-H. And... We're going to get into some things as we go through the movie as to why this whole situation is really kind of fucked up. <laughs> yeah. But let us begin by asking, Gabe, was this a good movie? I can't answer that question. Uh, what I can say is that this movie felt similar to Dollman in the sense that it is very... Very, almost tongue-in-cheek in places, but unlike Dollman, it, I don't think it goes far enough. Yeah, I I have to agree there. It could also be just because of the fact that we actually didn't watch the first one. And we didn't watch the first Trancers because that was actually done under Empire Production, Charles Band's other production company before he founded Full Moon. Right. Now, for a special episode, we might go back and watch Transfers 1 and then do a recount, or not a recount, but a a revisit to Transfers 2, given the new knowledge at that point, but maybe for a special episode, if we're really, really bored and just don't want to watch the next movie on our roster. Perhaps, but at this stage, we... I believe you mentioned that you had looked up some things about Trancers 1, and I, I completely ignored it. I, I completely didn't want to look into it at all. Post-watch, I did some research into the first Trancers, but mainly just, like, the Wikipedia synopsis. That's all I did. Okay. So, not too terribly much. You didn't go into the, the specific Trancers wiki? Okay. No. Is, is there a wiki? I'm doubtful, but I'd like to know. I don't know. I think there is a wiki for most everything. 
So there, True. there probably is one for Trancers, given that there are so many Trancers films. There's a lot of Trancers films. But anyway, starting off, I think the best way to open up is looking at the cast list. Helen course, Hunt. Helen Hunt has won Emmys. What is she doing here? Helen Hunt, and of course, Jeffrey Combs, and Barbara Crampton. Barbara Crampton. Two, two of our favorites, and also, of course, the titular Tim Thomerson. Tim Thomerson. We also got Richard Lynch, who was Discount David Bowie from Puppet Master 3. Oh, Krause. Yeah, we've got him, and we also, also got Art, Art, La- Art LaFleur. Art LaFleur, who is a very prominent that guy from that thing. Yes. Yeah, because I saw him in this, and I didn't recognize his name, but I was like, I know that guy. How do I know that guy? And of course, it's Art LaFleur. Yeah, he is... He's been in a lot of things. And it's a shame that we don't get to see more of him for reasons explained within the movie. So, I suppose we should start off describing the movie. With our opening credits up. over what looks like a blurry zoom out of an eyeball with sci-fi music playing, but it turns out it wasn't an eye, it was just a headlight of a car. Driven by Jack Death, future cop. We get more cop monologue from Tim Thomerson, which is truly his his skill. And he basically gives us a recap of the first movie, right? Kind of. This film takes place six years after the first one. Um, he's been sent back in time to defeat Trancers, which I guess are a thing, uh, a, a major threat to the future. So they send people back in time to basically nip them in the bud. And he decided to stay in the past. But apparently he also said that California is going to be underwater in 2063 due to earthquakes. I mean, that seems about right, if I'm being honest. Oh yeah. Remember, Californians, you got about... 20 years, or nope, you got about 40 years, Tim Thomerson said so. You got 40 good years, and then the quakes are coming, and it's, oh, it's all downhill from there. So we got another sci-fi cop, and we go into the future to get our exposition for this movie, where we meet Art LaFleur as some guy. Sergeant McNulty. Sergeant McNulty. And we learn the mechanics that we're going to be going through the movie with as far as t- how time travel works. And we're, go- and we're doing Assassin's Creed. Yeah, basically you can only go back in time in a conscious way and you're stuck in the body of your genetic ancestor. It's, it is... L- I wonder if whoever made Assassin's Creed ripped off this movie because it is so clearly just the assassin's creed way of time travel so wait are are you saying a good franchise ripped off a bad franchise i'm saying a mediocre franchise ripped off a bad franchise okay that's fair i actually have not played any of the assassin's creed games so i can't really make a judgment call on that but so you're familiar, but are you familiar with the, the mechanics in that series? Yeah, yeah, you you can go back in time, but only mentally your physical body stays in the present, and you 
basically gets stuck in the body of your genetic ancestor. Yeah, and it's not actual time travel. You're just, like, reliving these memories. And that's where this movie gets weird, is because this is real fucking time travel. They are going back in time, they are altering events, and they can only do it backwards because of how it's based on genetics. And because of that, if McNulty were to go back to when Tim, Tim Thomerson is now, his genetic ancestor that he would end up in is like a 16-year-old girl. Yeah, apparently in the first movie, he went back at some point and he got stuck in the body of a little girl. But of course, this is six years later and now she's a teenager and he's like, Oh great, all the guys are going to try and get into my pants. It's very weird. I don't like it. It's very odd. But apparently, transers are a problem thing and have been gone for six years, but now they're back because of a guy called the new Whistler, because the old Whistler had a brother. At that point, I was very lost. I, I took a wrong turn at Albuquerque. I was super lost at this stage, because they are clearly referencing the events from the first movie that we have not seen. I picked it up a little bit along the way, but at this stage, it was just, it was just so many phrases coming out of nowhere that I didn't know what I was doing. You clearly needed to have context, and we did not have context. But they move away, and we get like all these bodies in beds, and we figure out that, okay, Tim Thomerson cannot return to the present through his psychic con connection. Yeah. He would need to bring his body physically back to the past because his current body has, and I quote, completely calcified. What? I think... I are they trying to say that his muscles have atrophied to the point where they've just become solid stone? No, they are saying that he calcified, which I assume is that he has literally, his body has been replaced with calcium. So he's turned to bone. Yeah, he turned. He basically has turned into bone. He is bones. That is actually an autoimmune disorder. Yeah, it's like the. But why? Uh, but why was that the thing that happened to his body? Probably because they needed some sort of scientific mumbo jumbo word that sounded bad in regards to how long he'd been away from his physical body. But just say his body's dead. Or just say that he's got brain failure. Why does he need to turn into bone? Because he's technically on life support. But he is bone. <laughs> Why, though? Why him bone? <laughs> Jack Death, permanent boner. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Apparently, Jack had been sent back to protect a guy named Hap, who Hap? Hap likes fire trucks. Hap? His, it's literally described that his hobby is collecting fire trucks. Which, you gotta be real rich to have that hobby. And even if it is your hobby, I feel like... I feel like there aren't exactly that many fire trucks that exist to have that be your hobby. I don't know, man. I've seen weirder hobbies. I mean... I guess it's just a very niche form of car collecting. Yeah, well, 
I also feel like it's it'd be really easy to complete your collection, cause like I don't know how many how many fire trucks like exist. I don't know. There, I'm sure there are quite a few fire truck enthusiasts that could tell us differently. But that aside, Jack Death is basically Hap's bodyguard because I guess he's the genetic answer ancestor of someone real important in the future. And so Jack and his new wife, is it Lena? Uh, forgot, let me take a look. I, I at forgot the... her name. Lena Death. Helen Hunt's character. Helen Hunt. Yeah. Basically, Jack stayed in the past, got married, and they are now living with Hat as his bodyguard. And she's looking at houses and she's just like, oh, we need to get out of here. What if I want to start a family? And I'm just thinking, like, if Jack is in the body of his ancestor and he's got a wife now, right. she wants kids, is Jack his own grandpa? Okay, no. Here's... Maybe... I don't know. But that, so, this pissed me off. Where, so, in the movie, so the, the idea is you are now inhabiting the body of your ancestor physically. Your mind is in their body. Where is their mind? I don't know. I guess they're dead for the period of time that you're inhabiting them. No, no, this, but, is, this is a get out situation. They're in the sunken place. So, if whatever the situation Jack fucking Tim Thomerson comes in, takes this guy's body without his permission, and just is like, you know what, I think I'm going to stay here. And just completely disregarding the man he effectively has just killed. Like, th that man is effectively dead now because Tim Thomerson wanted to fuck a past woman. So, does this make Jack Death a murderer or just a squatter? I, he's a murderer. He has murdered a human being. And that makes me not like this character. I don't know. I'm still... It's a very strange thing because they never explain what happens to the consciousness of the person that you are jumping into. I'm just going to assume they're dead. I'm just going to assume they're in the sunken place and that they might be watching this. And I'm just going to assume that Jack might end up becoming his own grandpa. But what's worse, sitting there watching some chucklefuck inhabit your body against your will, or being dead? Watching some chucklefuck inhabit your body against your will. It's still not a better- it's still not good, is what I'm saying. It's not. No. Like, we can pick this apart for eons, but that's not the point. Right. So, whatever. It- Tim Thomerson's wife wants to bone, and it's like, yo, let's get some babies. And it's like, nah, nah, dog. And then we get a scene where our eccentric... I believe what he is is an ex-baseball star. That's where he has all his money. And he did some speculation with that money, which made him insanely rich. No, I think... He was a former baseball pitcher, but I think he did some really smart investing... Of course, probably due to Tim Thomerson's influence, given he's from the future and he knows what's going to soar. So, that's probably where he got his wealth from. But anyway, right. Hap's got a palatial mansion, and of course he's got his gardening folk coming in, and it turns out one of the gardeners is a trancer. Which, 
we I don't know what a transfer is. They never explain what a transfer is in this film because obviously it would have been explained in Transfers One. I just went ahead, went along and called them brain mutants because whenever a transfer is like being violent, I suppose they start having these veins bulge from their heads. Basically, basically dark circles around their eyes, weird dark bulgy veins in their brains and crazy strength yeah i would i would assume it's some form of mind control i don't know it ultimately what it means is all these guys that have been mind controlled by uh discount david bowie is are out to kill baseball guy and tim thomerson for some re- so he hears digging in the garden and he gets real suspicious and i would say if he is a bodyguard to this guy and didn't realize that there would be a group of gardeners coming to tend to the garden he's a real bad bodyguard now apparently also jack has this weird sixth sense when it comes to trancers he is literally a trancer tracker it's not the best it's not it's not and trancers, you know what else isn't the best? The trancers aim because they, it's a, because they're trying to kill baseball guy. And Tim Thomason comes peeling out in a golf cart to try and like get in the way of the shots. And they all just completely miss him. And these trancers have shotguns. Like it's not as though these are precision weaponry. He's just as reflective to bullets. Trancers apparently attend the same firing school as stormtroopers. Apparently. But also apparently trancers zap out of existence when killed and just leave burn marks in the grass. Right. Despite the fact that they were formerly human. Why? I don't know, because sci-fi bullshit. And either way, they kill the trancers trying to kill baseball guy. And Art LeFleur appears, but he's in the body of a 16-year-old girl. And he pulls up and is like, hey, yo, we got some problems. Time to go murder some fools. And then he pulls out a watch. He says, I have this device. I'm going to put it down and it is going to transport a bit of machinery from the future to the past. And we are going to use that to get you home. It was called a tap-back device. A tap-back device. Also, it's funny because if you look anywhere, like in IMDb or in, like, um, Wikipedia, the gal who plays McNulty in 1990s California, she's credited as Baby McNulty. (laughs) Oh, that's pretty good. But also, might I say, Baby McNulty does not a good job at maxing old McNulty's energy. No, he so so far when it comes to full moon features, the acting has been all right. This is the first movie I will. I'm just gonna come out and say it. The actors were bad. Yeah, like the funny part is, I realized why I hated. Actually, I'll get into that actually here in just a moment because as McNulty explains that they actually brought another transfer hunter back. And it turns out it was Jack Death's dead wife. 
And from there, we cut to a sanatorium that is run by an eco-terrorist group called Green World, run by our discountant David Bowie, who I guess is where he is creating the trancers through brainwashing and uh, drug addiction. I saw I saw him pop up, and I didn't realize he was in this movie. And in my notes, it just went, Nazi! <laughs> I just called them eco-terrorists. I didn't... I thought that they were doing the Scientology thing for a while. But they are... It's a lot less cult and more just, I'm a mad scientist trying to rule the world. Yeah. But one of the patients in this sanatorium is Alice Stilwell, a.k.a. Jack Death's future wife. And by future wife, I mean wife from the future, not woman he will eventually marry. So this is where we get into some time travel bullshit that I don't quite understand. They, yeah, they went back to the day before her death and then sent her back to be a trancer hunter in old California. But they sent her back to a point where Jack was already sent back, but this Jack knew that his wife was going to die. And so when he realizes that this is his wife from the past of the future, he says, I can't let you go back to the future of the future because that means you're going to die. Yeah... And I and it was at this point I regretted not buying a whiteboard. <laughs> or just a lot of red string and push pins. Yeah, it's the Pepe Silva meme. Yeah, I it it makes me feel that way. But also I realized later on why I hated his future wife so much. Because it's fucking Aaron from Crash and Burn. What? Alice. Oh still- my god, and that explains the thing later on. Yep. And it's, I'm just realizing, because I checked who all it was, and I was like, she looks familiar. And then I realized, oh my god, that's Aaron from Crash and Burn. That's why I hate her so much. Oh my god. That, that is, <laughs> explains <laughs> a lot that I'm not into. Anyway, so it turns out that this is a... This is basically a privately owned asylum, which we're almost there. I assume, I don't, as much as I know about psychology, I don't know anything about asylums. I think that privately owned asylums exist, but I don't, I can't tell you. But we meet another one of our characters named Rabbit, and it would seem... He, he's kind of like a crazy guy that they have hired to be an orderly. Yeah, I think he's high-functioning enough that they can, like, command him, and so he's an orderly, and so they pay him peanuts. Because I did the calculation, he said how much he made a week, and I think it was, like, $15 a week? No, it was 60 60 no, because I did my calculations. He only makes $128 a week in current times money. Yeah, I think that it was... I, they, He certainly was being sort of abused for... Or, like, his work was not being paid for properly. He was, you know, just kind of like a... He was a inmate in the asylum. 
that they are using for his work. It's kind of like how uh, the U.S. industrial prison system pays absolute peanuts for the work that their prisoners do. Oh, exactly. Yep. But that aside, uh, we move on to Jack Death ending up at the garden center where the transfer van was taken. Oh, no. So, there is one thing. The, the woman escapes to the barn. The wife. And she uses her little device to pull in the uh, tapback device. Where that's what ends up getting things separated. The part of the tap back is at the place with Tim Thomerson, and part of it's at this barn on this cult facility. Then we get to a moment that I was not expecting at the garden center. Yep. So, at the garden center, Tim Thomerson is there, and he's like, Hey, who stole your car? Because that these guys came in a car, tried to murder us, and they, it, it, we need to figure out how this happened. So he's talking to the guy. The guy's talking to him. He's like, hey, yo, uh, Ramirez, come over here. We're going to talk. And yada, yada, yada. Turns out every single person at the garden center is a trancer. And they start to attack him. They get in a forklift. They drive. They pin him to a pile of wood and are about to execute him when Tim Thomerson stops time. So what it does is it's some sort of watch. It's called a long second watch. And it basically turns one second into ten seconds. He has time stop. His power is time stop. It's the most useful power in fiction and he uses it once in the movie. Yep. How do you have the power of time stop and anything is an issue? Because it doesn't seem like there is a... They never explicitly state a limit to the time stop. Like, I would assume that you can't just keep spamming it. But it's not like you can You can only use it once a week or whatever. It's... Yeah, we only, we only get two instances of the long second in this film. And apparently the lawn second also just makes people drop their shit for no reason. Oh, and also it doesn't stop them. It just makes them start moving really slowly because uh, the director didn't know how to do alternate shots in the same scene. So they're just like moving really slowly and pretending to stop, <laughs> which is really funny. Yep. Of course, Jack Death being Jack Death, future cop. Kills them all, and now they're vapor. Right in front of two very confused old ladies who were just shopping for plants. And he does a one-liner here where they, where the old ladies are like, What happened? What what, what did you do to them? And he goes, Don't worry, ladies. They're biodegradable. Which doesn't change the fact that he just killed two people in front of two other people. There would be consequences to these actions. To be fair, humans are, in fact, biodegradable. I guess? <laughs> Fine. You know what? Sure. You can have that bit. You're allowed <laughs> to have that joke. <laughs> also, I don't remember what the context was, but I wrote in my notes, Jack Death, anti-smoking activist. Oh, 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 oh. The, the little, the uh, baby 
Baby McNulty was oh, smoking yeah. a cigar. <laughs> Baby McNulty was smoking a cigar and he pulled it out of her mouth because he was like, act like a lady. <laughs> That's what it was. And so we get another scene where we go back to the barn where his wife, Alice, is. And the teleporter pod appears and it looks like shit. It looks like it's the worst prop I've seen in a while. And we just watched fucking subspecies. And it's missing a door. It's missing a door, which is never resolved. I feel like that item, it shouldn't work without a door, right? Might I also mention that I feel like Jeffrey Combs was just straight up wasted in this movie. I forgot Jeffrey Combs was in it, I'll be honest. It's because he was wasted in this movie! I saw him in the credits, I was like, ooh, Jeffrey Combs. And then there was a guy who vaguely looked like Jeffrey Combs, and I forgot it happened. Yeah, because, like, he's one of the main villains, just sidekicks. I, Dr. Pyle, I believe, is what his name, along with Miss Trotter. And he's just got slicked back hair, and, of course, your standard evil goatee. But he's... He- He's, he really is a Dr. Evil, isn't he? A little bit, yeah, but he's just wasted. Because all he does is just stand around and reaffirm whatever the villain says. And it makes me so angry. I would assume Jeffrey Combs needed to eat that week. So he was like, hey, Charles Band, you doing anything? Yeah, okay, cool. I guess I'll mooch off of catering for a weekend and then I'll get back to my apartment. I don't think Jeffrey Combs needs to do that. Well, maybe he wanted another car. I don't know. The <laughs> point being, no one casted him in this role, I don't think. I feel like Jeffrey Combs was like, hey, Charles Band, do you want me in a thing? You could put my name on the credits. And Charles Band's like, fuck yeah, I love just fucking posting names on credits. Yeah. But of course... He's there at this sanatorium run by Green World, and they even state that they gather up mentally ill individuals and and prisoners and homeless individuals and brainwash them. And that's pretty damn exploitative. But they're brainwashing them to be better, Casey. Don't you understand? Is that a thing? No. They're bad people. <laughs> they lie all the time. I know. You would and... think that the guy leading this group was a Nazi or something. <laughs> I mean, we do throw that term around a lot lately, but you know, he might be an actual Nazi. He kind of looks like a Nazi I knew once. <laughs> but that being said... um, Of course, the bad people at the sanatorium take Alice and they're like, oh, we're going to take you for the special treatment. And they stick her on a bodyboard and start wheeling her out. And of course, Jack Death appears, being tough on his car's brakes. And he just straight up shoots down some of the people working there and sticks her in the car, bodyboard and all. Did he murder humans here? I I believe so. I feel like those characters weren't, like, very mind-controlled, and they seemed very, uh, like, 
in control of their faculties. So I think he just straight up murdered a few people here. They they didn't vaporize away. So no, they were just random people. So one one scene we did skip. And also there's just a random shot of Rabbit's face laughing like an idiot. I feel like he does that a lot. Yeah. But we did, we skipped one scene, which was the other moment of time stop where Alice is being accosted by some of the orderlies from the mental asylum and they found her at the barn and she tries to make sure that they don't find the teleporter pod obviously so she time stops runs past them gets their attention when time resumes and is captured but this is also like where we realize time stop apparently just makes people drop whatever they're holding yeah it's not it's a very weird rule set for this because also in this scene they don't they don't do separate takes of like Alice moving full speed and the other people in like slowed time the the, the camera is just slowed the entire time so it looks very odd We never said this was a good movie I, uh yeah you're right but back to where we were, Tim Thomerson gets his wife. They make it back to the back to the rich man's mansion and then he is being confronted by his two wives. No, basically is... Alice insinuates that Jack Death is bad at sex and then Jack starts smooching on Alice and Helen Hunt walks in on him. And then Jack becomes a victim blamer. So before we get to that, because I have very strong opinions about that, one thing that made me very uncomfortable throughout this movie is that the ages of these actors are drastically... There's a drastic gap between them. Yes. I looked it up. I did the math. At this point, Tim Thomerson is 45 alice is 22 which is just makes me all kinds of uncomfortable it just makes me think of the romance subplot they did in halloween 3 season of the witch it's if you're being reminded of season of the witch it's probably not good oh no it's not it's not and good. it makes it makes it an extra level of weird Considering that they are inhabiting the bodies of two other people that are not consenting to this. This is just... This movie is problematic. There are layers to this film, and I'm not prepared to unpack them. This is one of the stinkiest onions, people. I just I just typed in ew, 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 <laughs> whenever they started kissing. Jack Death cheats on his wife with his other wife. Also apparently bad at sex. Right. And also victim blamer, like you said. Yeah, because Helen's like, why are you kissing on that other person? I'm your wife. And Jack's just just like, you gotta understand, this is my other wife. Why are you being so upset about this? You've got to understand the situation. So yeah, victim blamer. It's a really fucked up situation, if you think about it. Where... Okay, you've built this other life with this other woman and you, you're in love. When all of a sudden, another woman who you thought was dead, who was dead, who you, who you held 
dead in your arms, who you mourned over, suddenly back, and is now down to fuck, right, is like still super into you. It is kind of fucked up in a weird moral, like, idea and a weird, like, you, what I'm saying is this idea could be explored in a better movie and be kind of a compelling thing, but this movie sucks, so what they do is she's, she's a harlot who is, who is stealing the heart of Tim Thomerson. Oh yeah, no, like, I even straight up wrote my notes, I bet Alice was a homewrecker before she met Jack. Oh, absolutely. Because she straight up acts like a homewrecker. Also, uh, during the scene where Tim Thomerson and Lena are arguing, did you notice the boom mic? I did not notice the boom mic. There was straight up a boom mic, or there was the shadow of a boom mic against the wall. And and it was the it was the Leonardo DiCaprio meme of me just pointing at ah, boom mic. There it is. <laughs> but amidst all this, we get Hap's deli delivery guy showing up, and it turns out he's a transfer because he brings in a ham bomb. Ham bomb. <laughs> ham bomb. It is so stupid, and this is what I'm saying. If there was more just ridiculous bullshit like this in the movie. That was just like, why the fuck did you put a bomb in the ham? Shut up. <laughs> don't think about it. I would love this movie, but there isn't. No, because they were even straight up like, why is this ham stuffed like a turkey? Oh shit, it's a bomb! It's, it's, it's honestly very funny. It's a complete non sequitur. This scene doesn't add to anything. But it is objectively a funny scene where they pick up the ham and they throw it. And there's a, there's a line... I remember it is Damick McNulty next time someone hands you an exploding ham I'm gonna pass the mustard is what Tim Thomerson says <laughs> which is stupid it's so stupid but I love it it's so great but at this point Hap is like gets back on his bullshit cause I guess Hap was a former alcoholic just gets back on the sauce he does indeed get back on the sauce. Where, oh, and before then, Tim Thomerson, he kills the deli guy and immediately starts making out with his dead wife. Yep. Obviously they brought his future wife in just to stir up drama and shit. Yeah, it, it's very fucking weird. Like, legitimately, the only reason I think she's, the, she's a character in this is just to stir up drama. Because yeah. while apparently Lena was a decent character in the first one as, like, an aide to Jack Death, but now she's just a jealous wife. But let's let's forget about that. Let's move on to a drunk man in his old baseball uniform driving around in a vet. Why is he just out here vibing? He's being <laughs> hunted by mutants. Like, there is no reason he should just be out here having the time of his life. Because they're literal brain mutants are running around trying to murder you with guns. 
you should be at home or in a bunker. If you want to get drunk at home, go ahead and play drunken baseball at home. But be around the future cop that's going to make sure you don't die. I don't know, but I, I honestly think Hap was my favorite character in this. Yeah, just, he... Just because, like, he's he's just, like, bitching. Hell yeah, I'm just going to get drunk and play football with the homeless. <laughs> Baseball. Shut up, I don't know sports. <laughs> Shut up, I can play soccer if I want to. I'm a famous baseball pitcher. But... <laughs> so, there's also a scene where Dr... Dr. Wardo. Dr. Wardo is... In a greenhouse talking about the herbs that he's cultivating. And it's obviously just grass in those pots. His future herbs... Are grass. It's just grass. It is very clearly just like crabgrass. But it's also like, I need more of my future herb. And he's throwing shit. And he's like, I need more blood for my herbs. It's very... It's such a silly thing that he's referring to them as herbs. Because it's like, I need more spices. I need more thyme. (laughs) More rosemary. It's it's real funny, in my opinion. Somebody bring me to Scarborough Fair. But now we get Tim Thomerson and Lena out there looking for the drunken baseball player. Because Drunken Baseball Player also stole Tim Thomerson's car. Yep. But they also find the green world people giving hot dogs to the homeless. And they're... Anytime someone's like, hey, you got any mustard? They just toss people into the van. Because candy vans were obviously too suspicious, but everyone is all about the free hot dog van. Like, I understand that there's a lot of issues when it comes to abducting the homeless and abducting those in need and so when i say this i'm not like saying it doesn't happen but these homeless people are really fucking stupid oh yeah because it's not like they're just taking them off like down the street to a building where they're then shipping them off to the asylum there's a van parked seven feet from where they're getting their food that is regularly having people forced into it by by mutants. And everyone's like, you know what, I bet I hope they got relish this time. <laughs> it's it's really dumb. <laughs> That's why I said candy vans were too suspicious, but the free hot dog van, no one cares. But we get a scene where Tim Thomerson has the 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 amazing revelation that these guys must be getting orders from someone. Like, what? Of course. What the fuck are you on about? But then Tim Thomason's like, yeah, okay, I gotta steal this car. And then I, that will help me find drunken baseball player somehow? Basically, basically Tim Thomerson disguises himself as a homeless person. By paying a homeless guy for his clothes, and then getting in line for a free hot dog, having himself taken to the hot dog van, and then just beating the shit out of these transers. 
and taking control of the van. Right. And then we get a complete non sequitur of drunken homeless baseball. <laughs> drunken homeless baseball was the best part of this movie. Where Hap is just found a random gang of homeless people just sitting in a fucking, like, industrial yard. It's like, I got booze and I got baseball. Let's let's have a party. And they just start playing baseball. And it's he, like, he just okay. Set, he just sets up a mini baseball dive and bribes them with booze to play. He's just, he's just violently shouting. And then all the homeless people are like, what the fuck is going on? And, and then, then he's he like, pull, I got booze! He pulls out several bottles of booze. And, like, fucking ducks going to oats. All the fucking homeless people waddle up and are like, okay, I guess we're playing baseball now. <laughs> it's a complete non-sequitur, but I love it. It's the best part of this movie. It, <laughs> it is... Oh, it's, it's very funny, but it is quickly ended when, when the trancers find Hap. And they have guns. Why did they just immediately shoot him when they saw him? Uh, plot armor. The movie needed to happen, right? Good, you're, <laughs> we're learning. We're learning the code of this these films. <laughs> but of course, Tim Thomerson shows up in his hot dog van. And... <laughs> They pick up Hap, and Tim Thomerson takes his vet back because he's real mad about his vet being taken. Uh, to be fair, I would be real mad, too. I'd be real pissed. That's a good car. Yeah. But they get Hap back to the mansion. Everyone's together. And we get a scene of the television where the There's Nazi... a trailer for Crash and Burn on the TV! Okay, I was getting there! It... There was a trailer for Crash and Burn in this movie, and I, like, it was like one of those moments where I audibly gasped and was like, "Oh my god, I knew that! I know the thing! I saw that movie." <laughs> we are the Leonardo DiCaprio meme. We got. I got that reference. Yeah. <laughs> we watched that movie. It was okay. <laughs> but after that. What I hated you... I hated Alice's character in that too. I want I hope she comes back for a third movie and we get the rule of threes of bad characters. I hope not. Uh anyway, they found some pills on the trancers and we learn that it's space crack. <laughs> yeah, it is basically green space crack. It's so, the best shit. Yep. Obviously Wardo is using drug dependency to keep his trancers in line. Uh, he's got the shit. And the shit. The shit. <laughs> okay, Clarence Williams. Oh, Clarence Williams would have been so good. But so Miss w- Lena leaves and is leaving because uh, Alice is a homewrecker, and yep. she is confronted by some of these Green World guys and is kidnapped because. I genuinely don't know what they're accomplishing by kidnapping her. Um, they were, 
what they were trying to do, she was bait to lure Jack because Wardo knows that Jack's the only person that can stop him and his space drugs. But they know where Jack is. They've sent people to kill Hap, and it's... It's it's probably one of those things like, oh, I want the hero to come to me so I can kill him on my terms, yada yada yada. That, you know, villains like to do. Fine. Fine. I guess... Anyway, they capture Lena. They're about to. They're gonna turn her into a trancer. And Tim Thomason is like, "Okay, cool. We gotta go rescue her. I don't care, homewrecker wife. I, you, I, I love her. So we gotta save her." And he does a literal hitman costume change, where he knocks out one of the guards out by the asylum, and like like a cu- scene cut. And he is completely dressed in his outfit. So to the point where his old outfit is has been folded up and placed on top of the other guard that was knocked out. <laughs> it is exactly a hitman quick change. Oh, and we should say now that Rabbit, for some reason, is also being turned into a trancer. I don't know why. I he think has be- been... I think he because he aided Alice in escaping. You know what, fine, I'll accept that. I think because he aided Alice in escaping. And, and so he was we... demoted from orderly back to patient. And then they're like, he'd be better off as a trancer. And they're like, give him the crack. And he's like, no, I don't want the crack. <laughs> so Tim Thomerson sneaks in. He has, uh, he has Alice as a captive. And he's like, hey, I'm a guard. I found her. We're, we're winning. And he also has, like, an AK-47 for some reason. And and what happens here is very confusing. Yeah, I, I think I done blocked it out of my brain because I don't remember anything from here up until the point where they get to the barn. Right, so they, they free Rabbit and they open fire on the orderlies and all that stuff and kill them, except for Jeffrey Combs. For some reason... Tim Thomerson lets Jeffrey Combs live, even though he is seemingly as implicit in this these crimes as everyone else. I don't know. I don't care. They very well could have been setting up Jeffrey Combs as a villain to come back, but no one cares, so whatever. No, because they free Lena, and they're all escaping to the barn, where they find the tap-back device, and... At this point, they tell Jack that, yeah, he was supposed to go back. And nobody done told Jack that he was supposed to go back. And that makes Jack mad. And then what we get is they're escaping. They find his crack den where he keeps all of his plants. All of his grass. All his grass. And Tim Thomerson is just spraying a little bottle around, getting them up. And then he lights them on fire. And as they're running... Rabbit is shot to death so hard that the color of his shirt changes. <laughs> did you notice that? I did not. They so he's shot. He has the orange like patient outfit on, but when they uh. pan down to him, he has the orderly outfit on. <laughs> reshots. Either reshot or they didn't want to bother adding blood spatters to the patient uniform, so they just put him in the orderly uniform. 
But like, anyway, they of escape course, to the barn. And of course, Jack's trying to be the hero, like, no, y'all go. I'll take care of this. And of course, they're like, no, we're not leaving you, Jack. We love you. Which is stupid. But whatever. And do you want to know this is stupid? Dr. Wardo steps out in front of the armed people that want to kill him. And is like, hey, we can talk this out. And it's... He's not like some... He's he's the boss, but why would he step out in front of a guy with a gun that wants to kill him? I don't know. Bond it's, villain confidence? It's really stupid. You know what also is stupid? <sighs> when Jack enacts his plan, he just... They all get into a sheet metal basin that... That is pulled by a tractor... And it is the slowest shit you've ever seen. Also, those sheet metal basins are not bulletproof. They're not bulletproof. I will say the tractor set to move and pull you along is pretty clever. But no, those sheet metal basins are not bulletproof. And they're acting like they're bulletproof because they're just so bing, 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 bing. And the question must be asked now at this stage... Why didn't they use Time Stop? Because they're dumb. They and, have... And, and Pile and Trotter were just there for funsies, I guess. I guess. Because Pile, I believe, is shot to death. And Trotter got away amidst all the fire. So I'm guessing she's going to come back as a villain at some point. Perhaps. I mean, but why else would they show her getting away? We also get a scene when the fucking basin comes out. All of the trancers turn and run, which I don't understand why. Aren't they, like, basically zombies at this point that do whatever you tell them to? Why would they feel fear? Uh, primal instinct. That's bullshit and you know it. I know. I'm just coming up with a reason. We want to know what else is fucking primal. The way Dr. Wardo goes out. Oh, no. First off, Hap comes along with McNulty and his fire truck. We get we get payoff for the fire truck, which, you know what? Good job, movie. You paid up a single thing that you set up. <laughs> Literally in the beginning of the movie, you, f you paid it off. But... The way Dr. Bardo dies. Jack Death, Javelin Olympian. He takes a pitchfork and throws it with such force. A, a, like, over the, like, several yards he throws this. And it pierces him straight through the chest. It's awesome. <sighs> and also, I don't understand why. Didn't he have a gun? At this point, I don't even care anymore. At this point, I'm just like, okay, how many more minutes we got? Wrap this up, please. Yeah, fine. We move on. Everyone's like, oh, no, fucking Brick Bardo. No. <laughs> oh, not Brick Bardo. He's not Brick Bardo. He's, he's Jack Death. Jack, Jack Death. Death. Brick Bardo's alter ego. I've got dissociative identity disorder. Jack Death 
is so Lena is like, hey Jack, you can't leave me. You or you can't don't go back to your home dimension where all your friends are and you you've lived a significant portion of your life. I love you. And he's like, "Cool, let's do that." <laughs> Jack Death stays in the past to protect the future. And instead they send his dead wife back to the present but still inhabiting the body that she stole. Again, killing effectively killing the person that she's inhabited but since she is in a new body in the future she does not die in the past of the future and is able to live in the future of the future and at this stage <laughs> i thought didn't they say earlier in the movie that you can't rewrite the future yeah also at this point who's gonna like how is future Alice gonna end up becoming if she takes her old ancestor back to the future with her. There's just a lot of problems in this movie regarding their time travel science. You see, in Dragon Ball they did multiverse theory. They can't do this here because they explicitly state, I'm taking your body from you. But anyway, everyone's happy. Wife is alive again. They get a new house, uh, Jack and Lena, and apparently Jack is now making his money as a fortune teller, which, you know what, frankly, I would do the same. And we get a happy I... ending on a house, smiling family, and we end the movie without a single pair of uncovered tits. I... I forgot about that. Like, I wasn't even checking for the tit counter. I, I maybe, now maybe, maybe it's in Tim Thomerson's contract. It's Tim Thomerson. No Tim Thomerson no is a respectful man who makes out with 22-year-olds. <laughs> but does not expose their chest. There will be no exposing of the chests here. <laughs> no tits. So, Casey. Yeah. Do you think we would have had a better time with this movie had we watched Transfers 1? No. No? No. Okay. Fair enough. No. Do you think we would have had a worse time? Like, No. I think it would have been the same. We just would have had different questions. Different. Okay, good. Different questions. Yes. It, some some of the same questions, but also different questions. It's It's getting kind of fun now that we are actively recognizing some of the repeat actors in these films. Yeah. Like, I can't wait to see Richard Lynch again, who is Discount David Bowie. I wouldn't call him Discount David Bowie. I'd call him Burn Victim David Bowie. Oh, that that's so mean! But it's true! Oh my god. It is Anyway. Burn. Next week! Speaking of repeat actors next week or next episode i should say because we don't do these every week next episode is bad channels a 1992 sci-fi parody with a soundtrack composed and performed by blue oyster cult apparently this is going to be our first ever full moon crossover feature which i'm very excited about what does it cross over with because i know like the the movie we love Dollman. 
Oh yeah, I forgot that Brick Bardot shows up like for just for a tiny, tiny bit. That's what I was going. That, that's what I was implying with the repeat actor thing. I wouldn't call this a crossover though. It's the first inclina- inclination of a greater full moonverse. Full moonverse. <laughs> oh gosh, that's for another episode. And until then, I hope all of you have an absolutely horrible evening. And don't forget, Jack Death is has murdered a man by inhabiting his body. And also, stay away from home records from the future. Bye. Bye.